We're talking about a peculiar people this month on the Wednesday nights, and um, originally I didn't know that I would be doing most of these, but uh, I am excited about it because I believe we're peculiar, amen? And I loved it when uh, Jen said on Sunday, we're, we're doing a study on Wednesday nights called A Peculiar People, and it's not about somebody else, it's about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about you. <laughs> But this is a good peculiar. You know, many of us have maybe over the years been called peculiar, you know, or different or weird (laughs) or freaky or whatever they've said about you. But, you know, God says good things. Everybody say good things. But they are different. They are different than what the world says. And last week we talked about um, our first lesson was just basically on called to be a standout. And I had given you some commentary out of uh, this Bible of John Maxwell's commentary on the Bible, and uh, he's a man that teaches on leadership, and uh, I appreciate this Bible. I'm not, a, I've, I cannot tell you that I've read very many books on leadership. I've read the Bible a lot, and I've read it through over the years, many years now, but uh, when I took this Bible and began to read through it, I recommend it for everybody because what uh, he does is he takes the lives of people in the Bible, and then he talks about their leadership traits, good or or bad. And he shows you step by step what the people did, what the leader did, uh, what the enemy did, what God did. And when you study that, you begin to realize in your life that every one of us has been called to lead. You know, if you're here tonight, somebody is watching you. It may be your children. It may be a neighbor. Uh, How many of you know your neighbors sometimes watch how you handle situations, just like what Brad was talking about? People are watching And people are looking, everybody say looking, for standouts. And unfortunately, in our world today, the minorities are talking louder than the majority. I believe that with all my heart, that we have a silent majority and a very vocal minority in this nation. And uh, I believe that the enemy has uh, a place in a lot of people's lives in this nation. And I I believe the church is going to be the standout. We're going to be what... Our lives are going to reflect who Jesus is, and it's going to be a measurement in the earth of what God will do for those who believe. Everybody say, that's me. And, and that makes you peculiar. That makes you different. You're going to stand out from the world, especially according to the word of God. As it gets darker and darker, we're supposed to get brighter and brighter. So something's going to have to happen to us. Amen? I want to be like Moses. You know, he had that veil that when he was in the presence of God, the people said, you know, put that veil on because you just shine so bright. We can hardly look at you. How many of you like to shine that bright? It says a city on a hill cannot be hid. It says we are the light of the world. We are the people that reflect Christ. And so turn to your neighbor and say, I am peculiar. Yes, and that is a good thing. Tell them, and that is a good thing. Let's look at that scripture, 1 Peter 2.9. This is what the word of God says about you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Father, I thank you. We have ears to hear. I thank you that we hear the word of God, and we are not only hearers of the word, we are doers of the word, and we do not deceive ourselves and, and, and lend to reasonings that are against the truth of the word of God. We do not open our mind to those things. We do not open our heart to those things. But our heart is guarded by the truth of the word of God that you have chosen us, that you call us peculiar because we are unusual, because we're special, because we do look different. We are separate. 
But all of that is to show forth the praises of God in the earth. And we accept that call in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. The basis really for you being all those things, different, separate, uh, be able to show forth the praises of God is because of covenant. Everybody say covenant. And uh, we are in a, t- a season of Lent. That's a time in, in some churches where they reflect on their lives. Uh, some people give up things for Lent. They make sacrifices. It's a time to look toward the cross. Everybody say toward the cross. And uh, we're going to be celebrating in this, this Easter on the power of the cross. Everybody say the power of the cross. And uh, I believe God is going to, all the way up to Easter, do things in our life. that He's going to magnify himself in our lives. He's going to be glorified because it says the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Uh, I just read it today in my Bible. Thank God I'm out of Leviticus. I'm rejoicing. Job and Leviticus, you know, those are really take a while to get through. Uh, and now I'm, I'm into numbers, and uh, that's where they start naming all the tribes and who's running the show and all that. But I read it all every year, and I found out that as I've done this year after year, I'm beginning to recognize some of these peculiar names of people uh, in the history of the Old Covenant. And so we can learn from anything in the Word of God, whether we're getting it or not. And I do like all those books, but it's just hard to get through. I've told the Lord, Leviticus is just hard to get through. But he said to me, well, just look at it like this. I care about every single thing that concerns you. I told you that in Psalm 138.8. I will perfect everything that concerns you. And he said, I cared about every single thing they did. So I gave him instructions on how to do every single thing that they did. Everybody said, that's a good father. It's a good father. So it made the book go a little faster this year. Not a lot faster, but a little. Tonight, we're going to talk about no fear. Everybody say, no fear. Uh, We're following a course uh, from VBI that's entitled The Character of the Believer. Not the character of God, but the character of the people of God. And uh, that's, that's something that um, we participate in. You know, salvation, we have freely. We celebrated tonight with communion. Uh, we cannot make ourselves saved. We cannot get ourselves saved by good works or anything that we do. It's a gift that God gave us through Calvary and through the blood of Jesus. But our character, everybody say, my character. Say this, I'm responsible. I have a part. And uh, we're enabled by the Spirit of God. You know, we, we have all the power within us to accomplish everything God says. But character requires obedience. It requires sacrifice. How many of you have had to act the way you know God would want you to act even when you didn't feel like acting the way God wants? Everybody say, that's a sacrifice. And that's why it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And uh, so tonight, as we talk about no fear, the opposite of fear is faith. Everybody say faith. And if you listen to the message from last Sunday, Pastor Bill talked on, he's talking about positioned for victory in 2014. And the message this week was on power, the power of faith. And uh, so I'm not going to tell you a lot about faith, but in order for you to understand about fear, I do want to give you these few scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Now, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, and uh, they had had some problems. They'd, they'd uh, made some mistakes, just like everybody else in the body of Christ makes mistakes, and he had to bring some correction. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says to the people that we walk by faith and not by Everybody say that. I walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that is going to make you peculiar. 
If you are a faith-walking, faith-talking person, you will be peculiar in the world today. Because most people, according to the Word of God, in the last days will become very fearful. So what is the opposite of fear? Faith. So what is the church going to look like? Faith. And what is the world going to look like? Fear. Oh, you guys are so smart. Look how, look how smart you are. You already got it. Hallelujah. Well, we'll go further. Second Corinthians, go back a little ways. And um, it, this is Paul. He speaks before this in verse 7 of chapter 4. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. That's the power that we have in us. We are hard-pressed on every side. How many of you had that today even? Hard-pressed on every side. Um, But not crushed. You all are here tonight. I don't see any bruises. You know, nobody's head is squeezed into a point. Everybody's here. And we're all right. And then it goes, you know, these things happen to us. Uh, We are uh, perplexed. How many of you have been perplexed about a situation not knowing exactly what to do? But it says but not in despair. That means we have hope. We know God's got an answer. Then it goes on and says, we are um, persecuted. Anybody been persecuted recently? (laughs) Persecuted, but not forsaken. Why? Because Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then it goes on, it says, always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus, everybody say the life of Jesus. Now, the life of Jesus is the supernatural, but it's also our character, what people see in us, that we carry about that, that Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Everybody say, there's life in me. There's life in me. And then it goes on in chapter five. Well, first it talks about see the invisible. In other words, we don't live by the temporary. Everybody say temporary. Now, you may be here tonight, and you may be temporarily angry. But eternally, you are not an angry person. God did not create you to be angry. He created you to be kind and loving and have all those attributes, those characteristics, or the character of Christ. The Bible says we're created in his image. Do you think God goes around uh, angry with people all the time? I don't believe that. In the Old Covenant, There was nothing to stop God's anger. In the new covenant, the blood of Jesus stopped the wrath of God against a believer. Say, there is no wrath against me because the blood of Calvary is covering me. That's the truth. You know, uh, once you know Christ, God isn't, the wrath of God does not come on a believer. It's been taken care of by the blood. Everybody say, thank goodness. Thank goodness. And so when we surrender to the things of God, we walk by faith and not by, everybody say, that's surrender. And it's a, it's a characteristic of the body of Christ that God wants us to walk in today, that we would be different. We talked last week about the children of Israel, and they lived in the land of Goshen. And so when God brought forth all those plagues against those Egyptians, not one of those plagues touched the people of God. Everybody say, I'm not subject to this world system. I heard Brother Copeland say, the world may be in a recession. The world may be in a, in a place where uh, there's lack. 
but I am not in that place because I'm not in this world. I'm not of this world. I am of the kingdom of God. And my kingdom is secure, it's steadfast, immovable because of Jesus and what he accomplished on Calvary. So we're okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're okay. You're okay. You know, sometimes we feel all these things I just read, but, but we're okay. That's what the word of God says. Look at Romans 1, 16 and 17. Everybody say, we walk by faith. We live by faith. That means in every situation of our life. And this is Paul saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And then verse 17, for in the gospel, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to, say that again, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. When you see the word fear in the Bible, it always says, says fear not. I mean, over and over in the word of God, I, don't, I forget how many times it's in there. I heard somebody say once. But when, when fear is expressed, it says fear not. When faith is expressed, it says live by it, walk by it, talk, talk faith. Everybody say, I walk by faith and not by sight. And, and when we begin to do this, it does make people see us as peculiar. You know, when, when Pastor Bill and I um, went to Tulsa and we began to learn the word of faith and uh, we came back here, there were people who said, oh, you know, that is a cult. And I said, well, if it's a cult, why did Jesus say to live by faith and not by sight? Everybody say, it's not a cult. It's the word. But what we begin to do, we begin to talk differently than other people. And we began to believe for things differently than other people. And so when things would be said to us, we, you know, like my daddy, he always says, well, take care. I said, I can't. (laughs) Because the word says not to take care. The only care I take is the bubble gum or the gum. I chewed carefree gum. I mean, I'm carefree, hallelujah, even in my gum. And so, you know, I preached a message in a ladies' conference once, and I gave them all a stick of carefree gum. I said, don't chew it. Hang it in front of your mirror, and remember, you are carefree. You know, so how many of you hear that lots of times? Well, take care. Well, you know, I couldn't always say to my daddy, no, I won't. But in my mind, I thought, no, I don't. Why? Because it's against the word. Everybody say it's against the word. Uh, Brother Copeland, in his Faith to Faith, I I just laugh at some of his stories. But, you know, um, people, they receive healing. They they say, yes, I'm healed. They can make all the confessions. And then they turn around and talk to somebody and say, I'm so sick, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. Everybody say, that's not faith. So, you know, uh, you say, well, that's kind of a play on words. No, it's not a play on words. Words have power. And if you are a believer, you have power in your mouth. And we have loose lips. God told me once, you need to read that scripture several times, that says a wise man keeps his mouth shut, basically. It doesn't say it just like that. But it says they think before they speak. Why? Because words send forth things into this earth, and we need to be sending forth faith. Everybody say faith. Now, I, I want to tell you why this is so important. We're, we're coming into a time where the darkness is going to cause people to become more and more fearful. And that's why people are becoming more and more angry. And uh, more and more frustrated. Uh, do you notice that? Uh, people, uh, you know, expressing themselves through hand gestures uh, more than usual. 
you know, upset because somebody, I get people who give me hand gestures because I count one, two, three, four, it's four as we stop. And they're mad because I didn't go before my four. I'm, you know, one, two, three. They want me to go on three or something. I don't know. But, but the world is impatient. Everybody say impatient. And a lot of that impatience is because they're fearful. Everybody say fearful. See, that, it's coming. And, and the word of God, I want to show you, it's in uh, Luke 1, uh, 21, 26. And uh, it's, it's talking about the end times. Jesus is talking about it. And uh, if you go back to, could you go to 25 so I can come into that? I'm sorry. I probably should have put that there also. But there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations. How, how many of you believe that we're seeing distress in nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring? And then it says, and men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Uh, it says in Hebrews that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And uh, I, I sense that there is a shaking. The other day in prayer in here, Tuesday morning, we were praying. And uh, I just, it was like a building that started to crumble. And I felt like the Lord said to me, the crumbling has begun. I don't know what it means. I don't know what's crumbling. But I have confidence that God does know. And when the crumbling starts, I believe it's the world's economic system. It's crumbling. But the, the, the economic system of God is not going to fail. It is not going to fail. I remember when we started this church, I had a group of ladies that would pray with me. Uh, we prayed every Tuesday morning. And this was not, this, this, none of this was here. And there was just a, a room back there. And um, it was open. And we were back there praying. And I was saying, oh, God, thank you for blessing everybody in this church. Thank you that they have no financial needs. Thank you that they are blessed and there will be no lack in this church. And I heard this, for those who tithe. And I thought, oh, God, surely you don't mean that. I mean, you want to bless everybody. God does want to bless everybody, but he has a system. Everybody say a system. It's like the fact that if you jump off the top of a building over at Purdue, uh, unless there's a, a giant angel standing down there, you are going to hit the ground because of gravity. Amen? I mean, it's all set into motion. Tithing is like God's way of releasing into the earth finances to do what he wants to do. It's from the very, very beginning of covenant. It's from way back with Moses. And so it's not that, that the church needs money. It's that God wants you to be involved in what he wants to do through your life. And that's why Paul said, you know, it's not for my account. It's in your account that I say to give. And so I, this isn't, I'm not teaching a message on tithing, but I am saying that we don't expect lack because we know who we serve. And we know when we give, according to what God tells us to give, that we are going to be taken care of. It may not be exactly like we think it ought to be, uh, like my husband said on Sunday, there's a lot of things God's asked us to do, myself and him, for the church personally, that we didn't have the money to do. But I can tell you, we've had to sow a seed. Everybody say, sow a seed. And when we do what God tells us, we immediately have what God says that we will have. Now, immediate to God is not like the next day sometimes. It's down the road. But we always have what God said. And we can be secure in that, that we will not be forsaken. We will not... We will never be where we do not have enough. 
Everybody say, God loves his people. And he makes provision for his people. So 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Boy, you guys are really great. I really appreciate it. You're right with me. You know, this is, this is a VBI class. Everybody say a class. This isn't like Sunday morning church. Sunday morning church is a time where the ministry of the Holy Spirit goes forth, signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what goes on. And the Lord said to me on Wednesday night, people have to be trained so they're ready. Everybody say ready. I heard a guy on the news, and I don't know if I shared this in here, but I shared it with somebody. Um, I watch the Weather Channel sometimes, and they had Indianapolis on. And uh, all this snow that we've had. You know, just one snowstorm after another. And they were telling about all these cities and all the trouble they're in. They don't have enough salt. You know, people are, you know, upset because they don't clear the roads. Mark always clears the roads of West Side. Hallelujah. He's right back there. But uh, it, it was in Indianapolis. And the forecaster for the Weather Channel said, well, I have nothing to report but success. He said, this city was prepared. And he said, the way to have success is to be prepared. And I believe that God wants the church to be successful. And I believe that he's preparing us for what's coming. So these issues are very important to us. Everybody say, I do not have a spirit of fear. I have power, love, and a sound mind. This is your mind. Put your hand on it and say, you are sound. Now, sometimes it may think really weird thoughts. But when it does, put your hand on it and say, you are sound mind. You say, that is peculiar. I am peculiar. And so are you. You do what the word of God says because the word has power to bring about what we need. I, in my life, in your life, we do not have the ability in our natural minds, our natural flesh. We do not have the ability to be who God called us to be except by the word of God. It produces life. It changes people when you begin to speak it and say it over your life. Now, I want to show you what the Lord showed me today. Everybody say heart failure. If men's hearts are going to fail them for fear, then we've got to strengthen our heart. We have to have our heart strengthened. And our heart is strengthened by the truth of the word of God. When we hide the word of God in our heart, it says in Psalm 119, we will not sin against God. Now, that's, that's pretty powerful. When we hide the word of God, we will not sin against the things of God. And um, I'm in Numbers, and I was reading Numbers 13 today, and um, I just felt to share this with you because um, the Israelis, the Israelites of the Old Covenant, when Moses began to take them on that journey, they were supposed to go into the Promised Land. They were assigned that from the Abrahamic Covenant. From chapter 15 of Genesis, God said, I am going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, we're several years past that when Moses takes them toward that destination. But they didn't get to go in. And everybody say this, because of heart failure. Their hearts failed them for fear. And it's an example of even though God loves us, even though we're walking with the Lord, even though we're doing what God says, if we get into fear, we cannot get into the promised land because fear will cause us to have an attitude. Everybody say attitude. Now, this is one of the things we're going to talk about in character. Um, How many of you know there's a difference between a good attitude and a bad attitude? How many of you have had your children 
say, yes, they'll do what you're saying, but they roll your eyes, their eyes. You've ever, uh, you know, that is a bad attitude right there. How many of you know they don't mean it? How many of you on the inside, it's like, no, that isn't acceptable, you know? And, and the, the, that's what happened to the children of Israel. They got a bad attitude, and uh, they had a promise. Everybody say a promise. And this promise was from God himself, and it, it had been through generations. And just like he would say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he would always say at some point, and I am going to give you, give you, give you a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give it to you. And he said, you will have houses you didn't build. You will have lands you didn't purchase. You're going to have all of this because you belong to me because you're special. You're, you're my special treasure. You are a chosen generation. You're peculiar. Everybody say, this is good. Say, you're going to, be, you're, you're going to, you're going to inherit a blessing. Well, the children of Israel, uh, they were, there were 12 tribes. He picked 12 leaders out of those 12 tribes, and he sent them in to spy out the land. There was Joshua and Caleb. They were leaders of families. So they were in the group and 10 others. So 12 of these people, these leaders went into this place and it says, this is what Moses sent them to do. Go this way into the South, go up to the mountains, see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. So the fact that they knew they were strong was not the problem. Few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, See, they're, they're getting a feel for what they're going into. And then he says, whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. And be of courage. Everybody say courage. <clears throat> and bring some of the fruit of the land. Well, they went. They were there 40 days. 40 days they were in that land. They spied it out. They came back. They brought the fruit. And they brought a report. Some brought a good report. Two of them. Ten of them brought a bad report or an evil report. And out of that, two had a very positive attitude. Ten of them had a very negative attitude. And Pastor Bill preached on that a little bit on Sunday. And, and uh, I thought, well, Lord, uh, he already said this, but I felt like the Lord said, go back over this again. Everybody say attitude. attitude. You know, um, Janet Lay, a, a friend of mine, she was, always used to say, attitude determines your altitude. Uh, you know, because how many of you know you can get a bad attitude pretty quickly? And in this situation, this negative attitude or this bad attitude came out of an evil report that they believed. Twelve people saw the same thing. Two gave one report. Ten gave a different report. And what was the problem with the ten that gave the bad report? It says they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And it says... Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, everybody say going wrong. Right here, they're going the wrong way. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Now, Moses already said, find out if they're strong or weak. So it wasn't the fact that the people were strong against them. It was how they perceived that strength in those people. Nevertheless, they are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea. Then Caleb quieted the people, and he said, let us go up at once. Everybody say positive attitude. 
and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Everybody say the good report. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some things that, that are in this commentary that's in this Bible, because I think they're very important. It goes on, and they begin to say they're stronger, and then they say the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, those are all things Moses said for him to check out. But he says there we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. And we were, we were grasshoppers in our own sight. Does that sound like the, the chosen generation? Does that sound like the special people? Uh, the peculiar people? No, they're people who looked at the circumstances and decided about themselves, not really about what the other people were. That didn't matter because Moses told him to look at all those things. Everything they gave in the report was what Moses asked for until they said, and we are grasshoppers. And then their attitude went negative about themselves. Are you getting this? Negative about themselves. Fear was in their heart. They were fearful of those people. And they began to see themselves less than who God said they were. Now, in this particular uh, commentary, it says the 10 spies versus the two spies. All 12 had the same external experience, but the internal conclusions of 10 differed markedly from the other two. These were the similarities. These were the things that were like. This is the whole body of Christ. All 12 spy per- disciples were, or all 12 spies were leaders in their tribes. All 12 spies received the same promise, and all 12 spies received the same opportunity. Everybody say, that's what God gives the body of Christ. We, we are all a chosen generation. We are all called a holy nation. All these things that God has declared are over all of us. But the key is, what do we report? What do we say about ourselves, about who God has made us to be? And this is what it says. These negative deprived nearly 2 million people of their inheritance. I believe when I look at the newspaper today, when I hear the people that are given reports um, on, on especially Fox News and, and the, the things that are happening, do you know there's a minority of people who are controlling the destiny of the United States right now? Because it's not the majority. It's not the majority. It's the people who believe God, though, have to begin to stand up and be different. Everybody say, be different. We have to be a reflection of who God says. We have to be Caleb and, and Joshua. We can't be the other ten. That because those other ten disobeyed God, they believed the land had no future, and they displayed cowardice. Now, the opposite of cowardice is courage. Everybody say, Courage. Every believer, the character of every believer should be courageous, that they are courageous. Everybody say, I am courageous. When, you, when you're courageous, your, your attitude is positive. When you are cowardice, your attitude is negative. And so it says they utterly acknowledge God, utterly did not acknowledge God in their report. They said nothing about God. The, the ten spies never alluded to God. 
the two that gave the positive report based their whole report on God. And so their attitude was positive, not because of what they could do, but because of what God could do. They recognized who they were. It goes on and it says they suffered from a grasshopper complex. Say, I don't have that. I don't have that. A positive attitude. Now, what happened to them? They stayed alive for a new era and they inherited the promise. So, you know, it's pretty obvious which side you want to be on. You want to have the positive attitude. And you want to have the attitude that says God will do what God says he will do. Uh, I don't believe there's any person on the face of this earth based on the old covenant that believed God and trusted God that would today do the same thing that would ever be disappointed in what God would do. Because those that trusted God always saw God be who he said he would be. The children of Israel never failed until they disbelieved who God was. And they disbelieved who they were in God. That's exactly what happened with the children of Israel in this position. A positive attitude, they obeyed God, insisted they should enter and possess the land, and displayed courage. Everybody say courage. Courage. Rooted in faith. And they felt calm assurance. How many of you know that song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heirs of salvation, purchased of God born of his spirit, and filled with his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. You know, um, I watched a show the other night, and it was of an African-American lady who wanted to go back to her roots. She just wanted to see where her house was. And uh, in that, in that m- movie, she kept singing this song. And, and she stood up at night in this bus station by herself, and she had lost her purse. She, she looked very old in this movie, but all she wanted to do was go home and see where she was from. And her children wouldn't let her. And so she just took her check, got on a bus, and went to see. And they were trying to find her, but there she was. And she stood up in this bus station, and she began to sing this song. Did anybody see that? You saw that? Yeah. And, she, and it was just like the Lord. I was, I was laying in bed watching it. And I, it was like, God, let me have faith like that woman. I mean, this is just a movie, you know. And it's, it's not real, although I always pray for everybody in the movie to, to get where they're supposed to it'd be. My son, Pastor Johnny, always made fun of me. Because, you know, I'm, I mean, and it starts going down. I, I mean, I'm up binding the devil and everything. And they all say to me, Mother, the, it's over. They've already filmed it. I said, well, I'm helping. <laughs> I'm trying to help. Ah, the only time it works is when they're playing golf. I do pray for the golfers. But um, in this movie, I'm just being real. I, you know, I believe God wants to help us. And, uh, and this lady, she barely could sing, but then she gets up and she barely can walk. She goes, this is my story. You know, and she, she barely can sing. This is my song. And she's praising the Lord. It's the middle of the night. She has nothing. And she lays down on a wooden bench and uses her coat for a pillow and says everything's going to be all right. Amen? Now, that's a person who understands what God has got for his people. Her son made fun of her. Her daughter-in-law was ready to hang her from a tree. Uh, You know, everybody was upset with her. But finally, even the sheriff said, I'll take you to see your house. 
And that's all she wanted to do was go stand on the porch of that house. But, but every time, and at the end, she was singing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. And now, I didn't turn that movie on to see a spiritual movie, but I thank God that I watched it because it really spoke to my heart. I want to be like that. When I, I want to be able that if I had to, to tell Pastor John, watch this. I'm taking my government check and I'm getting on a bus. And I don't care if you guys ever find me again. I'm going back to Tulsa to see where I came from. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, just, it was just that touching to me. But that's what God wants us to be, a peculiar people. I mean, even the bus, the man in the window at the bus thing was watching her like, you're crazy. No, she's just peculiar. Amen? And that's what God wants. Blessed assurance. Turn to Psalm 112. This will help you when you think you're going to have heart failure. Um, You know, I'm watching my daddy right now, bless his heart. And uh, he said to me the other night, now, you know, um, I think I'll know when I'm going to die. He's 93 this next week. And I said, he said, but what I want to do is I just want to go to sleep. And then I just don't want to wake up or I want to go to sleep in my chair. But, Pam, I do not want to walk out that door and fall down in the street, and you have to figure out how to get me up. <laughs> I said, okay, Daddy, we'll believe for that. But, you know, he has, uh, he has several. He has AFib. He has congestive heart failure. He has three leaky valves, and he has COPD, and he's still going. Uh, but he's slowing way, way, way down, you know. And... Uh, he has heart failure. He has congestive heart failure. There are things that are not working right. I believe in the hearts of believers, there's a lot of things not working right. Because we don't have that kind of confidence that could stand up in that bus station and sing that song. And really, with nothing else, not, not a dime to our name, that old, and nowhere to go and nobody to take you there and lay your head down and go to sleep and say in the morning, I'm going to go see my house and sing that song. I think that's what God wants. He doesn't want, to live, doesn't want us to live in heart failure. So this psalm is a wonderful psalm. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly, delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Everybody say, this is a peculiar person. Up unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Verse 7. Write this and hang it before your eyes. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. We win. We win because he won. And that's already been settled. And our heart will not be afraid of evil tidings. No matter what we see in the newspaper, no matter what we see anywhere, we will not develop a negative attitude because our God is able He is able. He has already promised us the promised land. Amen.
We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.